when I suggested we meet up originally, mm. you know, I asked you if there was a, a comic shop in town. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to. I've been I've been out to Germany a few times, and I, um, for whatever reason, haven't had a chance to check out any of them. And I was surprised when you told me that there aren't a lot of them in Berlin. Well, maybe I'm, because I'm used to Brussels, where you, yeah. you'll find one store after another. Uh, I even get confused sometimes. I don't even know in which store I am because, like, five meters further, there's another one yeah. that's as fo- uh, that's almost as uh, as big and f- and diverse as the other one. So that's interesting. here it's a little bit less, but there's there's still a few good ones. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's completely ubiquitous over there. Every like it, it's everybody well, reads <laughs> comics. Maybe I'm a, a, li- a little a bit, bit exaggerating, <laughs> but uh, I'm not sponsored by the. Brussels uh, well, touristical you live in Berlin obviously or not mm. um, yeah, it's, street art is big here you will find yeah. a lot of, uh, of that and uh, you find a lot of art books and sometimes like art book stores and maybe sometimes there's a few comics there to be found but like real comic stores like the one you yeah. were just at there's very few of those I think I'm not entirely sure <laughs> I always go to this one. <laughs> this is a really, this is a good one, um, and there, we don't have a lot like that one in the states because it's um, it feels kind of old, you know. It's not it's not like a nice new mm. neat store. But usually in the states, when when you're talking about these sort of small old comic shops, it's all just like old superhero backers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 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 kind of store doesn't really exist. Mm. Um, are there what 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 is the what's the comics community like here? I mean, are there are there a lot of cartoonists? Um, oh, it's like the same thing. Like in, in Belgium, there see, there seems compar- uh, in compar- uh, comparison oh, comparable. Com- comparable. comparable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's quite a tight uh, bunch, I would say. There's a lot lot of groups that come yeah. together quite quite often uh, for. For exhibitions, or for, or for mm-hmm. just because they work in like small collective, or uh, so maybe that's like there's more of a collective feeling I have here than maybe in Belgium when I used to be in Belgium. What more is more of a community out here? Uh, yeah. But it's changing also in Belgium, I think, because of these mini comics and like self-published books. Yeah, people are more like working together to get it to publish them and to distribute them. The anthologies and. and yeah. um, but you you've been self-publishing for a while. Right? I mean, you you were printing out your own stuff. Yeah, but I'm not. I do it occasionally. I've done it, but very uh, erratic. Uh, it's not really. I'm not doing it steady like some people I know. And um, so it's yeah. It, it, it's so there. I mean, but the the small press comics community that's a relatively new thing. Where mm-hmm. you're from? In Belgium, yeah, it seems to me like that. Like now, for the last couple of years, there's been a small, uh, small, like a real festival in Flanders. Yeah, but very, but where everybody brings his own self-made books, and it's very well organized, and uh, you always have good, interesting things. It seems, but it, it didn't used to be like that. It used to be only very, a few very commercial, yeah. um, but who would do like family comics. It's old-fashioned style. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I, th- I tend to think of Belgium and, and France as being, you know, sort of the big, the great classic mm-hmm. comics countries. Um, obviously, you know, Tintin and all these things. But it, 
but it's more but the the smaller community that's that's a relatively new thing it was really just sort of these 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 larger books um yeah it's always been around i guess the, the self-published books but now it's getting more and more uh, yeah. people are really getting into it uh, and it seems also more it's like comics and sometimes it's bordering on graphic art or, or even uh, just yeah. uh, like things that could could fit in a gallery and so it's more a mixed mixed kind of thing you will get it seems to be a bit crossover medium almost this uh, mini comic scene between like graphic arts yeah. and uh, and real and like ch- <laughs> classic <And> real arts but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you're you're an a- you're an animator by trade or or you were an originally an animator oh, i studied it for a few years in yeah. belgium and then i when i graduated it was easy easier to to work as an animator on and to get by in that way then i never con- thought that i would make any money with the comics so yeah. uh, N- not that I'm making a lot of money, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I like it's a very demanding job. Uh, yeah, it used to be even more so, but uh, it's gotten a little bit easier with uh, like more digital. Yeah, now it's digitalized, but still it's I'm kind of an uh, impatient man. So <laughs> well, it's fu- I mean it's funny that you're Im- impatient. And be- I guess I guess in a way, yeah. um, comics are a little less demanding than sitting and drawing every single. Yeah sell mm-hmm. but it's still pretty demanding to draw a comic I mean yeah, it's, you still, still have to have still patience nuts. to do it's a comic still if, if people people who are not really interested in comics and look at my comics and they will, they will tell me uh, yeah it must be a lot of work yeah that seems like the most <laughs> that's kind of yeah, but then everything is a lot of work uh. I guess <laughs> but it, but it's also you know I mean com- comics are similar to animation in the sense of um you know, going into like kind of kind of locking yourself in a room for a while, and then yeah. not having a finished product for months or a year years at a time. Yeah, but in, in comics, I would I can make a few like twenty pages, a certain a scene, a certain way, and if I don't like it, I can still redraw it. Hmm. But if you do a whole animation scene and you still sure. want to pull it, or want to yeah. direct it somewhere else, there's no way. You have to be very, you have to know very well what you're doing. Yeah. Well, it depends. You can you can make it in a more f- freewheeling way too, but mostly it's like you have to be very uh, focused and pre- know what you're doing. Uh, yeah. From the get go. Do, do you, are, are you the are you the kind of person who gives up and 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 wants to completely redo something halfway through? Is that a common thing with you? Um, it used to be m- uh, much worse, but yeah. But, but I still uh, mostly I, I made up my mind more or less what I want to do and then I will try it away some way and then if I think I, I if, if I hit the, ro- the wrong accents or if it seems a bit uh, mm. so, if something is wrong with the acting of the characters or something or the scene is not right I will try it a different way sometimes but I do it less and less uh, yeah mm. <laughs> is, is that is that because you, you you're getting better is it because you have a better sense of what you want to do or are you just sort of getting kind of lazy about it as you move on uh, yeah I'm not sure if it's a good thing but <laughs> and, and it's perhaps not laziness totally but um, I'm, my, my style is a little bit and my way of working is a little bit more fixed so, and I know I, I'm getting in some kind of um, well, how do you say it I, I can't say rut but <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
it's it's dangerous thing because a before groove, you know it, maybe or yeah, it's a groove. Yeah. It's, that's a nicer. Yeah, that's word. a nicer way of putting but it. Yeah. The dangerous thing is that it gets too automatic and it ends. That's that's always something that's kind of. Uh, you you, f- you feel that sort of stylistically that maybe you're not evolving as much as you would like to. Yeah, I think I, I used to take much more chances, maybe, yeah. uh, in the, especially in the graphic side of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know it's it's, it's funny. I was re- I, I was reading an interview from God like five five or so years ago. Yeah. I think with the Comics Journal. There's a quote from you, and, and <laughs> you know I think that uh, I, th- I found this really funny. But the, the the question was something about you know like how did how do you develop your style? And the answer was just like, I sat down and drew something and that's how it looked and I kind of guessed that was my style. Who said it? That you said that or something, <laughs> really. something along those lines. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's so, so just sort of this idea of like, I sat down and, and drew a picture and you're like, well, I guess that's how I draw. It, it, it seemed, um, I mean, it's, I guess it seemed kind of, you know, I guess or maybe organic is, is a good word for it. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine ever saying this really. <laughs> Because it's never really, yeah, really organic. It's organic when I'm sketching in a, in a book, making notes that I never think about. And the dr- that's probably my most spontaneous kind of drawing is just when I'm figuring something out. Yeah. But as soon as I'm putting it on a comic page, I'm kind of I'm quite conscious of what, yeah, of what I'm doing. It seems. So maybe it was some other Sharon. <laughs> it's definitely you. I don't think there's a lot of shrouds in, in, in comics, as far as I know. But um, I don't know. Maybe it was a misquote or something like that. Mm. But uh, you know, I, I wonder. I wonder if I, this, this always seems like the, the sort of things that that all artists are striving towards. You know, this is one one of the things I read a long time ago that really stuck out, and, and it's as, it has sort of stuck with me all this time. Is I was looking through. Um, you know those uh, those sketchbooks that Chris Ware put out, which really sort of mm-hmm. nice. And you know he's one of the, I think he's one of the great cartoonists of all time. And uh, and he's he's very deliberate in what he does. I mean, it's very clear that that he's a sort of person who just with the motorcycles who spends who spends a lot of time working on a page, right, mm-hmm. with his rulers and T squares and everything. Um, but there was just this sort of kind of like throwaway quote on there where he he basically said, you know. I wish I could be. I wish I could draw like Gary Panter, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and you know, you think about somebody like Panter, and you think about um, he just seems to be very organic, and he seems. And I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what his process is, but he seems like somebody who could just sort of, you know, just jot off a page really quickly. Yeah, but he has a whole range of styles. Also, yeah. some some seem much more elaborate than like, uh, you know, how he. But I couldn't imagine Chris Ware drawing like uh, Gary Panther. That would be a very strange co- contrast between his personality and what yeah. What's on the but but it's but that's I, well personality. <laughs> that, that's the perfect word for it because it's his um, oh, or his public. Perf- I don't know how he persona, what's he yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, I, from, from what yeah. I can tell, what I've seen of Chris Ware yeah. is yeah. personality and his public persona are very similar. But yeah. but um, the pr- I think personality is the right word because you know it's I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know if Gary Panner even thinks about this a lot, but it seems like every artist it wants to kind of be somebody else. But all these, you know, everybody who spends a lot of time is very deliberate in the work. Mm-hmm. Really wishes they could just be a little more 
organic with it and a little more kind of free form mm-hmm. um, and and you know and if you if you feel this uh, this, this this sense of of looseness with the sketchbook mm-hmm. why why doesn't that just translate into the the final work uh, that's really that has been puzzling me for all the, <laughs> ever since I, I not maybe it was not probably not that way as a kid yeah. although maybe I can remember that when even as a kid when I told myself this afternoon I'm going to draw it became less uh, pleasurable for some reason because I gave myself this task and then it I had certain expectation, uh, expectations. Expectations. Yeah. Something. That's for, as you you were you were neurotic as a child about drawing. Yeah, I think so. I think it started very early with me. Uh, yeah. Are, are you are you this? I mean, are you the same way about about the structure too? You know, uh, it, it seems it seems like a lot, the way that you structure the book is very much influenced by your work as an animator. Mm. You mean the structure of the stories? Um, just, just sort of the way it, it kind of flows from from panel to panel. Mm. You know, it's it's that that sense of you know. Some, as I was looking at you know one of I don't speak any German, and I was mm. was looking at a you know the, the printing of one of your books in, in German, and it's you know it's you you sort of you can get it you can in a way get a sense of the story just from the from the motion of the characters. Mm. I think yeah, I really started uh, like taking more c- care about uh, like the st- story side when I was in school studying animation, and I really became more conscious of how you present something. You know? Yeah, and I always in animation, so it's very important that it's kind of it's super fluent and yeah, and and clear, and that nothing in the nothing confuses the the narrative. Nothing in the drawing or, or in the. So it's. I guess I'm still that way when I do my comics, and I really want. If I, I always watch people when they read my story for the yeah. first time, and as soon as, as I see them confused, I get very uh, frustrated and convinced that I have to change. Uh, <laughs> except when it's intentional, but in most cases it's not that way. You know. The confusion <laughs> when the confusion is intentional. I mean, I can imagine that that that. You you don't want uh, the, somebody's um, to look at uh, or t- um, how, how can you say this? There's some uh, now and then I, I use some intentional confusion. I think mm-hmm. uh, is, is that uh, are you are you getting a lot of feedback from people or are you having people read things before it goes to print? Um, I like this idea of actually of actually literally sitting there and mm-hmm. looking over somebody's shoulder while they're reading. Is that is that a real thing? Have you actually watch people? Yeah, I, do, read? I do. always do it. And, uh, <laughs> I only have like three three and a half people. I, I can three and a half. Yeah, but one is kind of more gets angry when it's when it starts <laughs> boring, uh, so. and 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 another one is quite mean if he doesn't doesn't like it. But yeah. then. Uh, no, it's really uh, the best way to see if it works or not uh, for me. Yeah, and if they're all friends, so I, they feel comfortable with me s- staring at them. It would be different if I would do it with a stranger. <laughs> but but you're not you're not very. Um, I mean, a lot of artists are very precious about their work. You know, uh, as far as 
not wanting to change everything, but it sounds like you're pretty open to moving. Well, I'm also very precious, but... (laughs) (laughs) You're all the bad things. (laughs) I'm afraid so, but if I see that something clearly doesn't work, and mostly it's just... I'm already thinking, uh, I'm already have my doubts about a certain scene. It almost always gets... um, People will always find the same things troubling it's kind of yeah if they have a problem with something I really don't understand then I can can also not do anything about it and I wouldn't feel the need to but if I have the same issues then it has to change in in, in a way they're just these are it sounds like they're very kind of technical fixes just um, it's it's a problem of um, of interpretation of being of making something clear on the page yeah, but yeah, to, but to a very large extent, that you would say like a, this whole scene is totally wrong, or you have the, the wrong focus in story, or yeah. Um, but it can only go so far because I have certain ideas about a story. I'm not gonna change because yeah. they're just my whatever I'm thinking about. It's part of the expression. I, I don't want to change that. But I want at least what it. Sh- what it should express, it should express uh, like clearly. Uh, what I think it should uh, express. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, c- you know, colors have always had, had seemed to play a pretty large role in mm-hmm. that as well, in terms of um, symbolism. Thing, you know. With, I mean, if, you know, it's uh, with the, these these stories that you're doing that are two colors. Mm-hmm. Every color. Is important is an important part of the storytelling. It's not it's not just aesthetic, right? I mean, every 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 color, in a sense, kind of has meaning. Yeah, but the meaning can be quite. Uh, I mean, it's not always very profound. But, uh, <laughs> this it's, it like also, red is anger, you know. What I mean? Yeah, it's, it can be very corny sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, sometimes, but um, I, always, I always try to uh, restrict it very much because I'm. I'm not very good in really pick. I don't have a very refined refined palette of mm-hmm. if I would work with the, the kind of colors that, for instance, Chris Ware work, yeah. works with. I would wouldn't be able to figure out what it's too. I like to keep it simple in this way, and I, in a lot of ways, I make these comics. Uh, otherwise, it gets too messy in my mind. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's important that you're the one doing the coloring. Yeah. Because you, you know, you yeah, could, I guess you could, so. Because you can work with somebody. Yeah, I'm, I'm always thinking that uh, this should be this co- comic, uh, this color, because mm. it should when you're draw attention. It, you're yeah, yeah. What the colors are? I never. We always had the luxury in Flanders. There was always, always so much, uh, some magazine that would publish like beginners in writing and color right away. So I never really learned to work in, for instance, in black and white. Yeah. We're, right away we were like. Yeah. I was making comics in color, so always. I've always had a very simple drawing style, and then the colors and the texture brought, made it like. If I do a black and white drawing now, it always looks kind of feeble. Uh, I have to find some kind, of, some nice kind of tracing technique because. Yeah. It might be, it might be a little bit of the, the animation background coming coming into play because then colors are, incredibly mm. important in the yeah. animation process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you were—it was, it was um, 
I can't remember. I can't remember what what, what book book it was, but I, it might and it might have might have been from the. I think it was another interview. Did a little bit of reading on on the way here, <laughs> uh, but you know it's it it sounds like early on the the use of color in a way was almost practical based on what you were actually using to print the the books out. That you were you were you were printing things out with a two color system, so the books had two colors in them. It's been for a few books like that. Yeah. For another one, it was it was supposed to be printed as a silk screen book. So I and I could only use two colors. So and these two colors <laughs> determined the content of the of the story too. It's but it's it's funny. I mean, you're you're. I think you're at a point now, and, and you're working with these bigger publishers mm. that if you wanted a a larger color palette, you could you could certainly access it. Mm-hmm. But. Either you're you're just more comfortable, or you've really. So I, I used to have a wider palette, and my first book is like uh, much more. Um, it's like full color, yeah. really full color book. But I've fallen in love kind of with this uh, more restricted palette. It's, it's just I feel I have more control over everything. <laughs> I just want the control over everything. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's the. But it, it, it's and it's and it's but it's it's I mean it's you you've worked it into the co- the storytelling process in a way. And it's, it influences yeah. everything influences each other uh, and bounces off each other. You know, all these different components of a comic. Uh, yeah. yeah. So if I have too many components, it becomes like a big <laughs> big chaos. So that, that's why I try to restrict it, and I can fine tune everything. That everything is like fitting together in a okay way. I've noticed a, a theme of colonialism across a couple of <laughs> a couple of the books that that you that, that, that you've put out. Is that is that just sort of um, is that a part of your just Belgian Belgian heritage? Um, yeah, sure, but uh, yeah, it's a big part of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you just walk around in Belgian streets, you will still see like um, uh, statues of Leopold II, who yeah. was did some disastrous things. Not a very in nice Africa. guy. Yeah. And then it's all kind of still around so this imagery and the, and the, the buildings who were like financed with colonial money and yeah. And when I started making comics, it was kind of, a lot of comics kind of harkened back to yeah Chris Ware and Seth, and there was a lot of these um, comics that dealt with a certain, on one side nostalgia, but also kind of irony with the past, and hmm. somehow I it must have influenced me, influenced me, yeah, and going to the same uh, source, but then in like a Belgian uh, variety of it. Yeah, it, it's this, it, it's almost this idea of um, you know when we tend to think of nostalgia, we tend to it, it's sort of rose-colored glasses, yeah. right? It's and it's a, this conflict between the just sort of the you know the painted-over version of nostalgia mm. and like the actual <laughs> the harsh reality. Yeah, and obviously, like obviously, colonizing the Congo, colonizing Africa is a very problematic thing, mm-hmm. um, and. and I mean, certainly, certainly, the the Jungle Book as source material plays into that pretty well. Yeah, but I think in my me- most recent comic, you still have this colonial context. But I, I kind of, uh, 
the look of the book is far less uh, nostalgic I think it's more I hope a little bit more um, ugly kind of ugly kind of nostalgia <laughs> a crude crude uh, uh, more nightmarish uh, uh, variety is, mm. is there you know is it, it, one of the things that was interesting to me the first mm. time I, I came to Berlin is um, this uh you know, obviously, there's there's a lot of history. Um, there's a lot of really re- like pretty recent history, you know, mm-hmm. between the the wall and you know and, and and World War II and all these things. And, and in a lot of ways, it's you know it's kind of very much still alive in the city. Um, and that's one of the things that, that you know I really respect that they've done is they haven't tried to just sort of like pave over it. You know, there's mm-hmm. um, somebody pointed out to me the other day. I didn't. This is how much how little perception I have of my surroundings I didn't even notice this but you know that when you're walking down the street there's um, the little gold bricks mm. in front of the buildings to represent the the uh, Jewish people who live there mm. um, and I wonder what 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 Belgium's you know relationship is to that colonialist past if, you know if, if there's this sort of if there's a sense of if there's a sense of guilt there or you know or if there's a sense of kind of heroics in the conquest I think it's just too far off to, to have it's any kind of yeah. it's, it's total it's it's more or less an, ex, uh, an interesting documentary uh, that's yeah. what it's and I think even here if I like if I talk to people of my age and I, yeah. they, ne- they will never talk about uh, like the Nazi past because yeah. or, or, or very or they look, or look at it the same way I look at it as a horror from the past like the Stasi history is something that's much closer and you still feel that people have a personal relationship with but but certainly like the the, the Congo of Leopold II is very far off yeah this of course is more like it's all still modern colonization. These these issues are still there, but uh, uh, something uh, more complicated. <laughs> but there's but there's something about it that's that's kind of that's been fascinating to you. There's something that you you keep you know that you've, you've had to sort of revisit it a, a few times. I tend to uh, I have a lot of comics that deal with the same with like the same environment, but in yeah. a different way. And that I made over in different periods of my life, uh, so uh, I like to return to this mm-hmm. colonial context and see what it, what it, how it, how I can tell something else about it or how I relate to it now. Uh, yeah. Or what it actually means? Why I'm I'm talking about this? Or uh, it's, it's, it's quite disturbing. So, uh, it's hard to figure out where you where you are attracted to something. It's inter- it's interesting that this idea of um, doing a piece of art about that subject to figure out why you were so attracted to that subject in the first place. It's it it's right. it's you know I, in a way you feel like it's sort of it's self analysis that you're working through a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> that's not uh, the whole. Uh, I hope it's not. Yeah. What it all boils down to. Otherwise, it's just. Uh, <laughs> Masturbatory, maybe the word. <laughs> <A> masturbatory book. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But it, it is on, in the back of your mind when you're yeah. working on it. But, um, 
Yeah. So you've been here for eight years in Berlin. Has has the change of scenery affected your work at all in any way that you're able to discern? Um, I I would probably not make comics when I was still in Belgium. I would probably Mm. make animation just because it would be unworkable financially. And um, I like the pleasant uh, chaos here. uh, Yeah. The fact that nobody buys a house or uh, <laughs> buys a car. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> very, very. Pr- I mean, that, that's just, again, that's a very like practical answer. It's just yeah. that, that you know, like how the, the question of how does this affect your comics is that I don't think I could afford to make comics in. Yeah, it's Belgium. a bit uh, superficial. I, I, I don't know how it deeply affects yeah. me. I don't know. But I, I guess I guess you know do do you feel that your um, the, the subject matter again sort of like getting getting back to this idea where a lot of your um, your work is so deeply connected to you know Belgian culture and the Belgian past that moving to a different city and you know uh, interacting with a whole different group of people seeing a whole different art scene and all these different things that um, have you I mean have you have you attempted to soak that in a little bit have you attempted to, to let the let the city influence you more I mean I get I, I sometimes I, I go out of my house and I meet people and, and yeah. I'm I have uh, so I doesn't of course it's totally it totally um, it must have influenced <laughs> me somehow uh, but yeah, it's, I never thought about this very uh, because it's just in my daily life but yeah uh, yeah, I wouldn't know how uh, exactly. That's kind of difficult to. Uh, ha- has we were, we were talking a little bit about criticism before, but on a very you know localized level on these three three and a half people that you mm. that you talk to, um, ha- have has you know as you as your work has become more prominent, as more people are seeing it, as you're getting more you know journalistic criticism, and has that has that impacted the work at all? Mm. I wonder um, how directly it impacts me. I never really changed my my path for, even if I had in in the instances I had bad criticism yeah. or or good. Thinking and it just encourages me somehow also. Mostly, I think, uh, to do what I'm what I've been doing uh, all yeah. along. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's two approaches to it, right? There's, there's this, this, um, you know, like ideally we would all be able to read these things and mm. and see the value in them and change what we're doing. I, mm. I, I tend to not be that kind of person. I'm very bad at criticism, you know, mm. and and my, uh, you know, my 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 sort of immediate visceral reaction is, oh well, you clearly the wrong, clearly, clearly they didn't really understand what I'm trying to do. And and you know I, I sort of like putting the blinders on and, and going off and doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it has a very deep. Uh, yeah, it can't really disturb me too much. Either it's good or bad. Uh, even if it's good or bad, it will maybe mo- momentarily I will be kind of confused by it but then I just continue with what I've been doing uh, I also have <laughs> don't really have the the feeling that I have a lot of control of, over what I'm what I'm doing 
it, it has like it, it's taking its own course and I'm trying to control it and steer it in a in a good way but it just is on track to something uh, that's it that's it you're saying <laughs> from, from mediocrity <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that well that <laughs> you say you say it like a bad thing but you know there, there's also this sort of the idea of like you know channeling the muses or something I mean you've you can't are you are you i i don't have that much faith in in my inner muse or my outer muse or yeah. i i am deeply suspicious of my <laughs> intuition and the things that i feel like seem to come from deeply below and yeah. that i am like have to do I'm, i'm always suspicious of that so i i try to allow it a bit but i'm Sometimes it comes from a very dubious place and <laughs> needs to be constrained constrained a bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're trying to tamp down your intuition while you're working. Yeah, yeah. That's But what, what, is this, I, you know, I, what does this mean, this, this idea that, like, that you can't affect the course of it? What, what, what do you mean by that, exactly? You mean, like, just the, the story, that the story is there? Well, mostly, when, like, when I finish a book, I think... It, Now I should make this kind of comic because this is an area I haven't something I didn't I haven't uh, attempted before and yeah. it would be interesting okay. to go to try yeah. this. But then and then there's this thing that I feel that, that kind of that, <laughs> that I want to do <laughs> and I feel like drawn to and then I mostly I end up somewhere in the middle of these two uh, so but more on the side of the thing I'm I'm kind of Sometimes it's just lazy, I think, if you just go with your own flow. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, say, you're saying two very contradictory things yeah, here. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, you're, say, you're saying, on one side, you're saying, um, you know, that, that, that I wish I could go with the flow more. Mm-hmm. No, and no, no, no. I wish I could trust the flow. This, yeah, yeah. whatever it is that, yeah. that's driving me. Yeah, yeah, that, that you weren't so, um, that you didn't edit yourself so much, that you weren't so guarded but you're all at the flip side you're saying well i probably shouldn't trust the flow <laughs> that the flow is not going to bring me in very you know it, it's a very good places if i could if this flow could be trusted i would it would be fun to uh, surf along with it yeah but, mm, maybe but then i mean you're always yeah bouncing between two extremes uh, i mean but but i but i guess what i guess what um self-publishing and i, I know you're not doing it as much but mm. i guess what's theoretically what self-publishing affords you is the ability to experiment a little bit more you know if mm-hmm. you're if you're just photocopying or you know just silk screening something yourself and doing you know and if it's not on a big publisher like fanographics or whoever mm. um you can you can try that a little bit are you are you just worried that that um it just won't be good <laughs> that, that you'll work on something and that, that it just won't be worth putting out into the world Um, partly, but I just think uh, I would be like the masturbatory yeah. thing you're talking about. That's yeah. a very big danger. Uh, this kind of yeah. <laughs> that you just are ruining and uh, wasting your time. It's some, it's it's not that big of a deal. If it's, it's a, if it's not good, but you've, you it's interesting that something. But yeah. if you're really wasting your time, like. Stu- stupidity then what is your what is your sketchbook look like it's Are mostly you? notes and, and like and undecipherable uh, drawings uh, yeah it's, I used to have a very neat 
probably because of watching the Scrum documentary too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well, tidy yeah. and uh, <laughs> it, it never looked even remotely like Scrum's book, but uh, or, but now I have just very sloppy uh, notebooks that are that are only. I, I get them out when I'm. I really have to make notes and, and yeah. figure out something, and then I make drawings along with that. But I don't have a a nice, <laughs> a nice no, uh, sketchbook anymore. It, it, it's it's always been really interesting to me. The, the uh, you know, obviously sketchbooks. Mm. It seems like most of the cartoonists I talk to have sketchbooks, but uh, it also seems like they serve very different purposes. Mm. Um, you know, and there's there's a lot of and and Crum is an example of somebody whose sketchbook is, you know, I mean, yeah, it is it is very nice and, and neat and, and in a way well organized, but but it's also a sketchbook, a traditional sketchbook from the standpoint of you know him. At least this is again the way it looks to the outside world. It's you know him sitting in a cafe in Paris and just drawing people around mm-hmm. him. But it sounds like you're making notes for for stories. Yeah, that's the only things I keep. I also have a lot of like paper laying around with doodles and and yeah. kind of. But this this kind of stuff I throw out because it <laughs> annoys. If I see it, it reminds me of the, all the time wasting I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have when I'm looking for when working on on drawings, I will I will just make like a few pages of a story that maybe never will never yeah. go anywhere just to. When I'm working on the drawing, I always try to fit it in some kind of story right away. For some reason, I'm not good with like free, free drawing. You don't, you don't just sit around in cafes and draw people's faces for. Yeah, I used to do. I sometimes do it on holidays. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really. Uh, I don't know what to do with my time, but. <laughs> but you don't. But you don't. You don't. Um, you know. You don't feel like you're constantly practicing the craft. You're just. You're drawing for. It's always, anytime you're drawing, it's for that end goal of putting a book out. Yeah, it's an, an, a completely unspontaneous. Uh, yeah, I've seen other artists that l- really enjoy drawing and yeah. do it all the time. I, I just don't have it. <laughs> well, that, that that gets back. I, I, it's not that I don't find it enjoyable, but it's yeah, it's like a functional thing, not something I have to do. And, yeah. yeah, and I think I get, that that sort of that gets back to that 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 jealousy of Gary Panter is you know the idea that like you could just sit down and just spontaneously draw something amazing you know and that's that's what that's what the more meticulous it seems like that's what the more meticulous and the, what the more deliberate artists are mm-hmm. would always like to strive for is to just be able to sit down and make something on a piece of paper that you don't immediately feel like you need to ball up and throw throw into the trash mm-hmm. Gary Panther like he has very, he does so many things and he has a good discipline of maintaining each thing like the painting and the yeah. music and the like graphical art and the comic art da, da, da. and it all has a it's all quite nothing is really like some side project he, yeah. he really does it disciplined and seems to spend the, like time on, on everything and, 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 and it makes like a comprehensive whole but for me there's never been a side of being like yeah. a visual artist or I make music but it's like an unconnected hobby. Uh. <laughs> did, did so? So once you started doing the comics, see just that that was the end of animation for you. No, I'm still. Well, I have. I had. I'm, I worked on a like a longer, like on a short movie. 
was like 15 minutes for a few years and it was it ended up quite, to be quite disastrous and it <laughs> kind of traumatized me to but I'm still kind of feel tempted to do it uh, to I, I want to know about I want to I want to hear that story as much as you can tell me about that how does a how does an animation project end up a disastrous I think it it started as a small project with a friend and it became too too big and there was yeah. a producer involved who didn't really cared about the project and it got in all sorts of sorts of personal disasters happened and everything became uh, <laughs> became disastrous uh, and it all took a very long time that's the yeah that's the problematic thing about it I, I, I guess I guess more than more than just you know the the amount of time that it takes mm. to do animation versus mm. comics you know one of the other it's, it's a double-edged sword but one, one of the other upsides to it is that you you get to see your own idea realize that you know that, that you don't have to work with five other five other people or however many other people mm. and that you know obviously the downside of that is that if something sucks it's your, it's enti- it's entirely <laughs> your fault uh, but animation practically unless it's something really short and unless you're spending a lot of time doing it you, it's not something that you can just really kind of do on your own but you can you I can. have some friends who do it takes it, a lot of time but it takes uh, a lot of time but it's it's much better than, than it used to be I guess so. yeah and I mean and there's, there's, there's some t- there's a lot of technical work on it that you can farm out yeah, yeah. if you have you can do it with a, quite a small uh group of people uh, and if you really <laughs> have the stamina you can do it all yourself <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of doing but or maybe work with a musician or something but but y- y- do you do you feel during the creative process uh, you know are, are, it, it, you're not it doesn't seem like you're much of a collaborator it just seems like you prefer to kind of yeah, I, I now will have to uh, contradict myself again because uh, <laughs> I'm always looking for yeah now I'm working with some other guys on uh, on a comic book, oh. and um, and we're gonna do everything together, uh, the, the images and the story. We just sit together and well, we're just in the beginning of it, but it seems like it will be become a real book in in the next sometime in the next two years. <laughs> I would say it is. I've got to mention some of the appeal of working with other people mm. is that that's a. a, a sort of a shortcut to helping you get out of whatever rut you feel like you're in that mm-hmm. you know that that having this this outside influence means that it, it, it can't just be another version of the same book that you've been working on that, that you know that whether artistically or story-wise that it, it's going to be by the very nature of the project it's going to have to be different mm-hmm. that's true <laughs> <laughs> Is is that is that the main thing that that's drawing you to collaboration, or why why is this something that you've been wanting to do for so long? Um, just to try something new. No, I mean, it's just very pleasurable to work with somebody else, yeah. uh, especially if you are interested in also in the way they are working and and the, the way they where their stories come from, and you kind of imagine some kind of hybrid or something. Yeah. That bounces off each other. It seems just seems interesting. Uh, um, yeah. How? What, what were you? What, 
what were you doing in, in you know, I, I, I guess I guess in a way it, it's it's sort of surprising. I mean, not not that comics is at all lucrative in the United States because it, mm. it isn't, but you know, the idea that that animation, at least in Belgium, is somehow more lucrative. You know, when I when I think about people about animators in the states actually making like money, it's it's usually working with some larger studio. Yeah, I, I used to work on other people's uh, okay. project. I was not a, like a, an independent animator. Yeah. I just uh, mostly did I did commercial work, or, or I worked with friends on the projects, or that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean more more than and anything. And then the comics were like my my private uh, yeah pleasure. Yeah, I mean more again more than anything. It, you know, it sounds like the the, the downside to that mm. more than the hours, more than the amount of time mm. that it takes is that you. I assume that you don't get a lot of chance to do your own thing. I mean you're. You were actually sitting there at the table and drawing out the frame by frame. I did some of that, yeah. yeah. Especially on that project, I just told you about the disaster. <laughs> when it didn't turn out so well. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But that's but that has. I mean that that you know that as an artist or somebody who wants to tell stories, that's mm. got to be the hardest part about it. Is that you're just working on somebody else's project or, or or you know were you had you been doing it long enough that you were given the chance to at least put a little bit of your stamp on it uh, but I didn't I, I think because I, I had the comics on the side that I felt enough of I could have my had my own ego thing and then yeah. with other people I, yeah. I find it I sometimes find it fairly enjoyable to just do what whatever people are telling you to yeah, do. this sort of you know, I, I get that I have a little bit mm. of that in my, my, mm. in my job you know I, I'm mm. I, I go into an office mm. you know I do mm. nine, 9 to 5 or 6 but but there yeah there is a certain appeal to coming in in the morning and just being able to do sort of like to turn my brain off a little bit mm. and just sit there and, to sit there and do, like listen to music or podcasts or something and just not even, not even mm-hmm. really think about that. And I've got to imagine that there's a lot of that in animation. There's some, there, I guess, there's some of that in comics too. You know, once you are, you know, when, once a story is written, do, do you thumbnail before? Uh, depends. Uh, depends. I always make little thumbnails bef- before I start drawing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, some of that. But I think only for the coloring, I really have this like. That I can listen to podcasts or okay. whatever, uh, but that's the only thing. All the rest, I have to be kind of concentrated to to do it. Uh, and and uh, in a quiet house, it's like uh, yeah. Mm. So it's not it's not just a repetitious process for you of just drawing what what you've already mapped out. Um, it is, but uh, I mean, I'm I'm easily uh, um, concentration goes away quite yeah. quite, quite easily. So Distracted, I really yeah. have to. Um, yeah. Does it end up? I mean, you know, once 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 the story is written, once it's once you've mapped it out a little bit, does uh, how close to the original idea is it from there? Does it change during that process? Uh, well, I tried it in many ways, but maybe for my last book, I had <clears throat> in the end, like the last 150 pages were all I all made script for it, and then made little thumbnails for it, and yeah. it, I stayed quite close to it, but I. I didn't enjoy it as much yeah. because it was really I was not as attentive when I was actually drawing it then 
and not paying as much attention while I was drawing, drawing it yeah. for real. So it became a little bit too mechanical sometimes, I have the impression. So I, for me, it's best that I know where it's going and that yeah. I have... But that I have uh, enough uh, a freedom, yeah, to, freedom yeah. to, and that I have to be uh, attentive, or it just goes down the drain. and uh, Keeps you a bit. On the, you know. do, 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 do you feel, you know? Do, is is that is that common between you know from book to book that you try to switch up your approach a little bit? Yeah, but yeah, my, my previous books were all very visual, and the last one was more more based on text, and had a, it's quite different. Um, the story is told quite differently. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I always try to do something else just to not not fall asleep. <laughs> so, well, to keep you interested, but also to you know to to you know, I mean, d- d- does that uh, d- does your approach have that much uh, of that mm. much of an effect on on the actual <laughs> on the actual storytelling? Mm. Does it? I mean, I, I guess a better question is. Sorry, I got distracted by which vlog. Um, is the end product that much different um, if you switch up your approach? Um, but I'm, I'm forced to ch- switch up my approach because I'm always uh, I'm thinking of when I think of the story, what it should feel like. I have yeah. a certain kind. I have to really look look for it a bit. How well will I approach this? Okay. That it has this the right. Uh, the right uh, it, I always have to search for the right approach so I will yeah. try different things and always uh, I just start making pages and look what it does when I read it if it's is this the right angle on a certain on whatever I want want to tell that's interesting yeah. so that yeah. the, the the story itself dictates the way you tell it yeah but it's not it's not like a, a plot it's just more okay this uh, you, you kind of imagine it almost like a film, oh, my, yeah. but not a, not, not in a like a real cinematic way, but in a kind of the certain thing that a film does. Ah, it's too difficult to tell. <laughs> a certain atmosphere that you, and a tone and a certain rhythm and da da da. And then you have to try to put it on the yeah. fucking uh, on the on the page. You can swear that's fine. <laughs> you, you you almost have this 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 sort of like image of you wa- of watching it or maybe like looking at the completed project product. Yeah, I, I can't start bef- before I have like a sort of a, a kind of feel that I, I know that how what it should be, and then I just try to come as close to that yeah. as, as possible, whatever this. Undefined thing in my head is, uh, is 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 it an image at all? Is it just sort of a kind of a vague feeling? It's almost like a like a bit like a dream that it <laughs> has a certain uh, yeah. emotional yeah feel and it, but you can't really. <laughs> it's just not yeah. very easy to. Yeah. If you could look into my head, you would see just uh, soup. <laughs> Are how. What's the closest you've ever gotten to, to capturing that on paper? Uh, yeah, I did this small book. It was called Grace, and it's about like a, an encounter with um, extraterrestrial uh, beings that came quite close to what I was. Hmm. Uh, and it was the first time I used a lot of text. 
Ah. And it's kind of like, but yeah. What 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 was the? I mean, I, I know it's again, it's really mm. abstract. It's mm. hard to mm. say, but what what was it that you captured so effectively? I think the the, the, the sort of ear, sort of ugly eeriness. Yeah. And uh, something that's both very uh, kind of banal and <laughs> and and sad. And uh, at the yeah. same time, has some is, is exciting in some way. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to be said about not being afraid to capture ugliness. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like there's so many artists who are just kind of trying to work against that as much as possible to just do something that's you know uh, nice to look at, just for the sake of being nice to look at. I think if you become skilled, it's almost inevitable that uh, inevitable. Yeah, that it becomes kind of polished because you work. Yeah, you've done so much work. It's such a streamlined process that um, it tends to. I have to, I have always have this problem that it tends to get too public, too polished. Yeah, and it's not really. It's not very expressive anymore, and then I have to find some way to make it better again. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to ugly it up a little, like, make, it, make, make it a little bit more real. Um, so what, what, what is the newest book? It's called uh, Arsène Schrauen. It's okay. uh, like a pseudo-biography of, of my grandfather in the yeah. Belgian colonies. Yeah. There's a connection right there. There, there, is, a, there yeah. is an actual blood, blood connection. Well, I, like I said, it's, it's the fixture. Was, um, yeah. uh, he, my real grandfather was in the colonies, but I never heard any... He never told me anything about it, so it's um, mostly projections and, and kind of fantasy. Yeah. It's ugly fantasy. <laughs> that's, that's nice. So it's, it's not even... I mean, that's what's in, interesting about it, because, you know, we, uh, we were using the word nostalgia before, mm. but... Um, mm. I don't know. I guess I tend, you know, you, you sort of tend to think of nostalgia as being, um, you tend to think of being nostalgic for something that you've actually experienced. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if nostalgia is quite the right word because this is, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a, a it's not um, happy nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, B it's nostalgia for something that was before your time, mm-hmm. and C it's compl- it's mostly fabricated. <laughs> So what is what is it called in? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. I'm sure there's a good German word for it. I, you know, I feel like the, the Germans have a good word for everything. Something. What's what's the German word for being nostalgic for something that you've never experienced? There's got to be one, uh, and it's got to be, you know, nine Sehnsucht or something maybe. What is it? Sehnsucht and maybe. What's the closest translation of that? I think that's could be completely wrong but anyway there will be Americans listen to this podcast so it doesn't matter <laughs> there you go that was Oliver Schwarin really really enjoyed that conversation conducted that one on my last day in Berlin uh, was out there for for a tech show and, and you know the last time that I was out there we had Al Burian on the show and I uh Sending out the feelers was really hoping that, you know, while, while I was halfway around the world that uh, I would, you know, have the opportunity to speak with somebody who otherwise we probably wouldn't uh, ever really be able to, to get on the show. So I put the, the feelers out on Twitter and uh, Tom Spurgeon suggested Oliver. I had no idea that he lived out there, but really, really glad I did because uh, super fascinating talk with him um he uh, also had him suggest a few comic shops i wanted to check out some comic shops and bookstores while i was in germany um he suggested modern graphics and you know i met him there uh, i got there a little early and spent like 
I don't know how many euros I spent, bought, bought a lot of books there, and then we walked over to a, a cafe around the corner, sat down, and, and, um, and talked. And it was really, really fascinating. He's really fantastic, a, a terrific cartoonist. I highly recommend his stuff. He actually, um, I, I hadn't had a chance to read his, uh, his most recent book, recently issued on... Uh, on retrofit comics here in the states, Mowgli's Mirror, which is a very weird and funny and uh, a kind of pantomime take on, on the Jungle Book, um, highly recommended. Uh, certainly worth checking out all of the stuff. He's got a few books on Fantagraphics as well. Thanks so much to him. Uh, thanks to Tom for for suggesting that interview. Thanks to Eric at Fantagraphics for setting it up. Uh, thanks to Brian, as always, for editing the show together. Thanks to, um, I guess, thanks to my work for sending me out to, to Berlin. Uh, thanks to uh, thanks to you, the listener, for listening to the show. If you liked what you heard, you can send us feedback. It's rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L-related information. Uh, what else? Rate us on iTunes. Please rate us on iTunes. Um, I could really, you know, I could really use some positive reinforcement. Had some really nice people write some nice things over there. Um, you consider yourself a nice person, right? Take, take some initiative. Uh, and while you're over there, check out uh, many other podcasts from the Boing Boing Podcast Network. Um, Facebook, you can like us on Facebook. I guess that's about all I got. Lots and lots of good shows coming up. I think we've got something like a dozen or so in the bank right now. So, um looking uh looking forward to all those we will be back with uh with with yet another one just about time uh, this time next week we've got another episode of riyl coming at you